Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. It's the podcast with you in mind. I'm your host, Tony Roig, still out of town. So we are going into the vault, but we're pulling out one of the, the big guns. We're pulling out one of the big uh, episodes that we had in the past. It's one of the most resonating episodes that we've had in the history of pickleball therapy. It has to do with the bowl of ice cream. If you haven't heard the episode about the bowl of ice cream, you're not going to want to miss this episode. If you have heard the episode about the bowl of ice cream, you know you don't remember all the details about it. So this is a great time to freshen up on the bowl of ice cream when you play pickleball. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Now let's talk about winning. What do we mean by winning when we're out on the pickleball court? I think this is an area that is really... Uh, can be uh, detrimental or even destructive, I would say. I was going to say destructive at first, but that's kind of strong. But it can be you know, detrimental for sure for pickleball players in terms of how they frame themselves as whether they've won or lost uh, at, at pickleball. Not in a game. That's still going to be the same way it is uh, now. But as a uh, pickleball player, have you won or have you lost? And tournaments always seem to really bring this to a head, if you will, because when players ask, how'd you do in a tournament? And I get asked all the time, how'd you do? The answer they're looking for, and I know the answer they're looking for is medal, no medal. That's really the answer that most players are looking for, or most people are looking for when they ask that question. You know, did you win? Did you, did you not win? And when they talk about winning, they're talking about, did you get hardware? Did you get medals? And, um, yeah, you know, that actually happened during the tournament, we were at dinner, and it was very nice. These folks at another table uh, said hello, uh, thanked us for the videos. We had a brief conversation, and then the question was asked, right, how do we do? And I said, I had a great day playing out there, competing on the court. And one of the players on the court, and this is not a criticism, it's it's human nature, right, and this is how we frame things normally. That's the purpose of the podcast. Uh, he pointed to one of his friends and says, my friend here got a gold, and I congratulated the gold medal winner, but then I asked the player who had pointed to his friend, and I said, how'd you do today? Did you did you have a good time on the courts? Did you enjoy yourself out there? Did you get to play some pickleball? And he said, yes. And I said, well, I congratulate all of you then and and uh, uh, you know, for your day out on the pickleball courts and competing. And so, you know, whenever I leave a tournament, I'm, um, I'm thinking about how we look at the sport and how we look at our relationship with the game. And the analogy I came up with was this. So I'm going to analogize. I'm going to use a, a bowl of ice cream, okay? Ice cream. I like ice cream. I hope you like ice cream too. So, you know, let's assume you're at my, you, you know, where you're visiting and I offer you a bowl of ice cream and you can pick vanilla, uh, vanilla, chocolate, or strawberry. I'm not going to get too more complicated with the flavors, but one of those three flavors you get to choose and I'll give you a bowl of ice cream. And, um, but I tell you, as I'm scooping out the ice cream, I tell you, here's a puzzle. I'll put a puzzle on the table. If you can solve the puzzle, I'm going to give you, you know, you can have fudge, you know, toppings, sprinkles, whatever you want. So you can add something to the ice cream. Now, this is a difficult puzzle, right? This is not a, a simple little puzzle to complete. And so it's the type of puzzle that you will complete it sometimes successfully, but oftentimes you do not. And so when you do not complete the puzzle, you still get a bowl of ice cream. Okay. Whatever flavor you want, the three flavors, you just don't get the fudge or the sprinkles or whatever you like to put on top. But when you complete the puzzle from time to time, you will get a, an extra thing on top of your ice cream. And that's the way that I'm thinking about pickleball. That's the way I'm thinking about when we play pickleball. Every single time that you step out on the pickleball court, you're getting a bowl of ice cream, right? You're playing pickleball. You're doing an activity that 
makes you happy, I hope, for the most part, right? At least that, I think that's why you go out to the courts. You are getting to get some exercise, which a lot of you, you know, look to pickleball for your exercise, which is fantastic. It's a great form of exercise. You get to see some friends, hopefully. I, there may be some people that you don't want to see. That's life, right? That's just the way it is. But certainly, at least some of the people there are your friends, right? And some people you want to check in with, how you're doing. You get out of the house. You get to stay active. It gives you a, a nice activity to, to build a morning or an afternoon around or an evening around. And so every time that you play pickleball, you are getting a bowl of ice cream. But what happens is we, for, we lose sight of the bowl of ice cream, because sometimes we are not going to get the fudge. We're not going to get the sprinkles. You know, some days we're going to go out there and we're going to lose every single game that we play. If you lose every single game that you played that day, you still got the bowl of ice cream. Okay. If you won every game that you played that day, you still got the bowl of ice cream. Now, perhaps you got fudge and sprinkles and cookie crumbles and, you know, uh, uh, what are those called? Uh, I lose my uh, Heath bar. What are those? <laughs> I really like eating them. Anyway, the little Heath bar pieces. So you you got all of these different toppings onto your uh, onto your um, uh, toffee. That's what it's called. Onto your uh, ice cream, right? So you got ice cream with extra toppings if you won all your games. Okay, great. But no matter what you did that day, you still got the bowl of ice cream. And what happens a lot of times is we go out there and let's assume that we lose all our games or we lose more than half our games or some number, right? We just don't feel like we, we won enough today. We generally, not generally, but there are, there are many of us who will leave the courts dissatisfied with our day just because we didn't get the little pieces of toffee or the fudge, right? Forgetting that we, in fact, got an entire bowl of ice cream. Why? Because we were on the pickleball court. We were playing pickleball. We were out there like kids chasing a little plastic ball around a court, hitting it, running around, getting some exercise, hopefully laughing some and things like that. If that's not a bowl of ice cream for you, then perhaps you need to reassess your relationship with the game because that is why we go out to play pickleball. And here are the advantages of thinking about pickleball in this manner, that you already got the bowl of ice cream. First of all, as you can probably tell already, it gives you a better relationship with the game. And that's good, right? That you're going to feel better about your relationship with this game and you're going to feel better about yourself regardless of the outcome, okay? I'm not saying to you that if you if you win all your games, you know, maybe ice cream with the little with the toppings is better, right? That's okay. Right? To feel better about that, to to like the toppings on your ice cream. But the key is not to lose sight of the fact that you already got the ice cream. In other words, your baseline, and I'm going to address baselines in a future podcast, but your baseline is a bowl of ice cream. So there is no bad outcome here because you already got the bowl of ice cream. Okay, Um, So it improves your relationship with the game. But here's the other thing, and let's be pragmatic about it for a second. Not only will it help you in this touchy-feely, you know, how you feel at the end of the day, which is super important. I don't want to minimize it, but not only does it help you there, It's going to help you with your play. While you're out there playing, you will play better if you know that you already got the bowl of ice cream. Notice, if you know that you've already won when you're out there just by playing the game, you will play better. And when you play better, you're going to actually win more games. So you are going to get more sprinkles if you just are able to maintain that calmness, that focus that comes from not stressing about a particular result in a rally or a particular result in a game. 
what happens sometimes is we go out there and we lose a game. And, you know, say we were up in that game. So now we feel bad about that losing that game. What ends up happening is you're going to lose the next game and the next game and the next game. You have these, this carryover effect of deflation from having you know lost that tough match that you were in or tough game that you were in. That carryover effect can be devastating. And what happens is it, 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 you lose focus, right? It clouds your mind. It's noise that's sitting up in your mind. And so what ends up happening is you're not able to perform as well as you could otherwise. The reason is because you have this noise going around your mind because of the quote unquote losing day or, you know, feeling bad about it. If your baseline, if you're, if you're, if if you already got the bowl of ice cream sitting in front of you and you know you got a bowl of ice cream because you're on the pickleball court, so everything is good, you're going to play better. So consider reframing your, yourself when you're out there. Uh, If you don't like ice cream, that's fine. Pick whatever you like, you know, uh, chocolate croissant or cookies or whatever it is and use the same sort of thought process but understand when you get out on the pickleball court you've already won for the day and put that in your brain before you start playing have your brain preloaded that listen this is a great day reason i'm on the pickleball courts i'm about ready to call out 002 and play some pickleball so you've already won All right. In the riff, we're going to talk about pivot points. Uh, Again, I was going to talk about sportsmanship, but our friend Dale, uh, who follows us and is very active in terms of interacting with us, which is good. And we encourage you, you know, if you have questions and things like that, put them in the comments to our videos. Uh, Let us know. We we read those things and we react to them like I am now. Uh, Dale wanted to know more about pivot points. So I'm going to talk about in the riff. Stay tuned to the riff and learn yourself about some pivot points. We did a video from the U.S. Open about Three lessons from the U.S. Open. And as I mentioned earlier, even though it's tournament related, that it comes out of a tournament, it's not limited to tournaments. These are concepts that you can apply in any situation. I'm not going to tell you all the tips. You go to Into Pickle. It's a short video. Check out the video there um, about the three tips. But one of the tips that we talked about is the concept of pivot points, that there's these pivot points during a game that can basically make or break or determine the results, I should say, not make or break, but determine the results of the game. And so Dale reached out with a comment to the video and said, can you talk a little more about pivot points? How do you deal with situations and matches? And, and how do you 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 deal with pivot points to, to your benefit? So so a pivot point basically is exactly what it sounds like. It's a point of inflection in a, in a game. And sometimes it can happen. I'll give you a few examples so you understand better. But sometimes it happens when you're deadlocked. Sometimes it happens when one team's up or the other team's up. So a pivot point would be an example is a match that I, that happened a few years back. Um, it was Joey Farias and Adam Stone, two pro players against, I believe it was Weinbach, and I can't remember his partner right this second. It might have been Kyle Yates, uh, but I'm not 100% sure. But anyway, they were playing a tournament, and, um, and you can see it on YouTube if you Google it. But basically, they're playing in a tournament, and it's one of these matches that's like either 0-0 or 1-1, I want to say for like eight or nine minutes. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a knockout, drag out, just, they're just there, right? Boom, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it kind of felt like as soon as the dam broke, it was going to either break one way or the other way uh, pretty significantly. And that's exactly what happened. There was a pivot point in that game where, and I don't remember the details of the actual rally, but there's a pivot point that happened, right? That basically the, the Weinbach side won the rally and then the match was over. The game was over like in two minutes. So it was like at 1-1, like I said, for like nine minutes or 10 minutes, and then it was over in two minutes. That's the pivot point in that game, all right? Uh, Another example would be this, uh, during the U.S. Open, me and my partner were down in the third game, um, 7-10, okay? But we got a side out. So 7-10-1, 
then became a pivot point in that game because at 7-10-1, we were able to basically, we really focused for the next, you know, we, we our focus was let's get this one and let's get the next one and then let's get the next one as we went, right? And we ended up prevailing in that in that game 12-10 and winning the match in the third game 12-10. So 7-10 was a pivot point there. It was basically, you know, we knew at 7-10, I mean, that one should be pretty easy to figure out, right? Because we're at 7-10-1. We got to make a move, right? We got to do something here, and so you really focus a little more than you just kind of you get down a little a uh, little further when you're hitting the ball. You know, what I mean, you get underneath the ball a little better. Your movement's better. You're crisper. Your your focus on the ball is 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 a little bit sharper, and so when you're playing, try and find those pivot points. Try and and pick a spot. Here's the thing: our focus on the court will ebb and flow. Okay. Basically, what happens is you'll be you, even as much as you want to focus every rally, right? Everybody wants to focus every rally. That's just not doable. So what you're going to do is you're going to go out there. You're going to give it your best. You're going to be battling. And there's going to come a, a, a situation where you're going to look at it and go, let's say it's let's say you're down six, eight, as an example. And it turns it. it there's a side out at six, eight, one. Make that your pivot point, right? Six, eight, one. Say to your partner, you know what? Let's do this right now. Let's hit this ball right here. Let's get let's see extra intentionality right here. Focus in on that six eight one. Make that the pivot point and turn the game around in your favor. The other way is if you're up big. So let's say you're up like eight three or something. Don't allow the other team to come back. So you can make that as a sort of a pivot point there, where you basically say, you know what's eight three one. I need to I need to really hunker down here and take care of this business. And so basically what you're going to do is you're going to increase your focus at that point and continue going. And what you're really you're trying to it's like the anti pivot point. You're trying to avoid the other team from doing that first. Because what happens is if you're up 8-3-1 and you play two sloppy rallies, right? So it's side out side out. Now the other team serves at 3-8-1. They have an opportunity now to make that a pivot point for themselves to hunker down and to make some inroads. And what happens is when they make those inroads, now your side gets it gets more complicated for you. So look at pivot points as places uh, that are super important in in, uh, in games, like like points that are higher value, right? Not to say that the the rally that or the point that you scored at one 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 isn't important. That's obviously you need that one to get to eleven, right? It keeps on going. You made it two, then you make it three. But there's certain stages in a game that are going to be extra critical, and that's what we refer to as pivot points. Pay attention to those, and you'll have better results. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Uh, we're back in studio next week as well, or that's the expectation. I'm hoping to bring you the uh, video with uh, CJ Johnson, uh, the joint video that, or joint not video, joint podcast with CJ Johnson that we're going to put together, and we're going to be talking about uh, taking care of ourselves, taking care of the body, moving, you know, all all sorts of things related to the athletic pillar. I think you'll find it super interesting. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends. Remember, if you liked it, they probably will too. Put it on social media if you're onto that into that stuff. Have a great week, and we'll see you at the next episode.